Good evening. This is Bud Lundberg bringing you selections from my own record collection in a program we call Bud's Corner. Each Sunday night at this time, I'll be playing the great swing music of the 30s and 40s. The big bands in their heyday, the small groups, the great individualists. Sometimes we'll dip back into the 1920s to explore the beginnings of this wonderful music we call jazz. And sometimes we'll venture into the later years to appreciate the new ideas and even some of the mainstream players of today. But whatever it is, it will swing. Our format is to feature a single performer uh, each uh, program. And our uh, featured program for today is Charlie Barnett, who had one of the fine orchestras of the uh, 1930s and 40s and actually up into the 50s and 60s. Just to give a little background, Charlie Barnett was born in New York City on October 26, 1913. He came from a wealthy family. His grandfather was first vice president of the New York Central Railway. His family sent him to exclusive prep schools and enrolled him at Yale. Charlie uh, took to school well enough, but whatever time he could get off, he was out playing his uh, saxophone. Uh, during those times and during vacations, he uh, was playing on the transatlantic ocean liners. He crossed the ocean 22 times playing in bands. He was uh, to the South Seas, to the Caribbean, to South America. When it came time to be enrolled in Yale or to start school, he was off in the, uh, down uh, in the South with a quartet uh, uh, playing wherever he could. So he never got to Yale. But he did get into the band business, and uh, for that we're all grateful. He had a band as early as 1932 at the Paramount Hotel in New York City. And he had various uh, uh, bands uh, through the period. Uh, in uh, 1934, he played, as a white band, he played the Apollo Theater in uh, uh, Harlem and was one of the, uh, I believe, the first white band that ever did that. He was at the Grand Island Casino in 36. He had... Uh, uh, we've often think of uh, Benny Goodman as breaking the color line in uh, the band music. Actually, Charlie Barnett did it in 1934 when he brought in Roger Ram Ramirez, who was a uh, pianist, to play regularly with the, uh, with the orchestra. It was not, however, until uh, about 1939 that he won prominence with the uh, uh, a number that was to to become his theme, and that was Cherokee, and we'll get to that later. But here's his 1938 band, and it was it was a good one. They were not all prominent musicians, but uh, uh, you will hear a trumpet solo by Bobby Burnett, who was uh, very good. Johnny Mandel was in the trumpet section, and there's an excellent trombone solo by Bob Fischel. This is Charlie Barnett's 1938 band. The, no the number is called Jump. Jumps here. Thank you. 
That was Charlie Barnett's orchestra, 1938. The number was Jump, Jumps Here. You can uh, uh, hear the outstanding musicians that he had and the good arrangements uh, uh, that Barnett always had. He had great musical integrity. Uh, he, uh, his idol was uh, Duke Ellington. It's said that in later years he built a fallout shelter when they were uh, uh, popular and uh, the main thing he stocked it with was Duke Ellington Records. The <coughs> Let's play another one from that 1938 band. This is the same band, Harmony in Harlem. <laughs> Barnett and his orchestra, 1938, that was Harmony in Harlem. The Barnett band really caught fire in 1939 with a recording of the old Ray Noble tune, Cherokee. This was July 1939. Uh, it became his theme. It became one of the popular uh, swing numbers of the time. The uh, solo, uh, his solo on it, and you can 
tell by now that he had a swinging, booting tenor saxophone um, as he played it. The arrangement is by Billy May. Uh, as I say, uh, uh, Barnett's solo was much copied by other people. Uh, by 1939, at the time of this recording, Billy May was in the trumpet section, Skip Martin was in the, the sax section, Cliff Lehman was on drums, and Buff Etrie on guitar. So he kept strengthening his, his orchestra. This is his theme, Cherokee. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, the Charlie Barnett band caught fire with that uh, uh, swing number, Cherokee, and uh, Barnett's uh, tenor solo was uh, one of the uh, highlights of the uh, big band year. The uh, band at that time uh, signed a contract with uh, Bluebird Records, which was a subsidiary of RCA Victor and a very popular 35-cent record uh, label, and uh, it put out a large number of quite popular swing numbers at that time. Uh, Barnett was always influenced by uh, Ellington, and he made some records uh, entitled, uh, several records entitled uh, The Duke's Idea, The Count's Idea, he had one called The Right Idea. Barnett always had a terrific sense of humor. Uh, you all remember there was a a band, not a jazz band, but one uh, of Sammy Kay called Swing and Sway with Sammy Kay. Well, Charlie Barnett paraphrased this with a, uh, or parodied, I guess is the better word, this with his own number called Swing and Sweat with Charlie Barnett. But uh, but, uh, let's play the one that uh, Barnett wrote along the line of um, uh, Duke Ellington. This is, this is his, again his 1939 band. The number is the Duke's Idea, and uh, it's, uh, it's a, you, you could you could pass it as the Duke Ellington band. <laughs>
Charlie Ballet and his orchestra, 1939, the Duke's idea. Um, Barnett made uh, several records along that same line, and let's play another one. This is the Count's idea, uh, obviously taken from Count Basie. The piano on the previous selection and the piano that we will hear on this, uh, uh, imitating the uh, Count Basie sound, is by Bill Miller, who is not well known but was a fine pianist uh, with the Barnett Orchestra for some time. Uh, so this is the Barnett Orchestra, the Count's idea. <laughs>
Charlie Barnett's orchestra, The Count's Idea. Now, it was not Count Basie, but Charlie Barnett in 1939. Uh, you can see that Barnett always had a loose, swinging organization. Barnett himself was sort of a free spirit, um, and his band uh, reflected that in a carefree, swinging style. But he had a lot of musical integrity in the fact that he wanted good musicians, he wanted them to play well. But he gave them freedom to play... Uh, to play as uh, they wanted to some extent. There was an article in the uh, 1939 Downbeat magazine, which is the uh, was was and is the sort of a bible of jazz, entitled Barnett, blackest white band of all, indicating that uh, Barnett, perhaps more than any other white orchestra, captured the free swing spirit of the uh, great uh, colored orchestras of Ellington. Basie, Chick Webb, and so on. Let's play another one from that uh, uh, time. This is 1941. This is a Horace Henderson uh, arrangement uh, of a tune that is, is popular and has been uh, paraphrased uh, very popularly by uh, Lambert Hendrickson Ross. This is the Horace Henderson arrangement, Charlie Barnett, Charleston Alley.
Was it Charlie Barnett Orchestra? Charles Finale. As I said, uh, Barnett was always an admirer of the Duke Ellington Orchestra, and he uh, uh, fashioned his band in many respects after the style of, uh, of Ellington, and uh, one could hardly do better than that. Um, one of the uh, tunes that is associated with him and that, uh, that uh, he helped arrange and, and set for the band is one title which he entitled Portrait of Edward Kennedy Ellington. This was uh, first recorded on a two-sided 78 uh, RPM record. Th this, however, is the 1949 band. This band included Maynard Ferguson, Doc Severinsen, Claude Williamson was the pianist, Eddie Safransky was on bass, Tiny Khan on drums, so it was really an all-star outfit. This is essentially the band that was through Bismarck in about 1948 and played at the old Dome Ballroom. I remember, I remember that night well. Maynard Ferguson sat as the fourth trumpet player, and uh, you know how he played. He screamed all night, but it was uh, it was beautiful. If Doc Severinsen was there, I don't know because at that time I suppose most of us did not know who Doc Severinsen was. He very likely was, because this is just about the same time. At any rate, this is uh, Charlie Barnett's tribute to Duke Ellington, entitled Portrait of Edward Kennedy Ellington. <laughs> Thank you. 
Early by Anthony's Orchestra, their tribute to Duke Ellington entitled A Portrait of Edward Kennedy Ellington. The tune was arranged by Dave Matthews. By uh, the 1950s, Barnett had given up the uh, big, uh, a big orchestra on a full-time basis. He settled in Palm Springs, California. Uh, as I said, he came from a wealthy family. Money was never a problem to Charlie Barnett. Not that it was just his family, because his band was successful. Uh, he made money and uh, was a successful businessman, but he always had fun with the band. In from the 1950s and 60s, he on occasions uh, uh, formed a band for short forays into the field uh, for recording sessions and so on. So he continued to be at least semi-active. Barnett ha had an active personal life. Also, he was uh, at least a six-footer, uh, probably taller. He had wavy hair, dark hair. He was extremely good-looking. At one time, he went to Hollywood and appeared in several mov movies, but his heart was in jazz more than it was in acting. According to Leonard Feather, he was married six times, but, uh, um, but uh, uh, George Simon, in his book on the big band, says that... Uh, that Barnett was married at least 10 times. So he was uh, active there. Think of the alimony payments that he had to make. But whatever it was, Barnett always had a good time. The uh, band members who played with him, and thinking back to those times, all state that they had a ball playing with Charlie Barnett. Uh, they had freedom, yet he demanded integrity in the music. and. Uh, uh, and uh, they, they loved to play for him, and Barnett loved the, uh, the band business and uh, did it very well. Uh, let's uh, play a tune from, uh, one of his uh, from a 1950 band that he formed and recorded with. Uh, this band includes such well-known people as Clark Terry, Billy Byers, Bobby Byrne, Viney Dean, Pete Mondello, Chubby Jackson, Nat Pierce, this, uh, the tune is Southern Fried. He recorded this back in about 39 uh, on a 78 RPM record. But this is the 1950 band. Uh, it was a popular number along of record about the same time as Cherokee. This is Southern Fried.
Charlie Barnett with a 1950 band, an old hit, Southern Fried. Another one of uh, Barnett's uh, biggest uh, hits and really a good swinging jazz number is the tune Skyliner. Barnett wrote this. He did a great deal of writing. Uh, this is a uh, live performance uh, at a concert in Los Angeles. It is uh, you know, the later band uh, in uh, the 1950s. This is Barnett with his tune, Skyliner. Thank you. Thank you very much, folks. This next number is being played especially on behalf of the composer who happens to be with us this evening. And if you like it, I know he'd like to know about it. If you don't like it, I'll never write another number as long as I live. Here it is, Skyliner.
Charlie Barnett Band, Skyliner. You heard the introduction by Charlie Barnett himself talking about the composer, which was himself. And uh, he had to get in a few licks of his favorite uh, musician, Duke Ellington. You heard a couple notes of A-Train in there. That was the soprano sax was by Barnett. He played both soprano and alto in addition to tenor. Uh, he has some beautiful slow alto ones in which he plays very much like Johnny Hodges. Well, uh, Barnett had bands intermittently through the 50s and 60s. In the 1960s, he got together a good swinging band, took them into uh, New York, into Basin Street East, and uh, recorded with them. This is the 1962 band, Leapin' at the Lincoln. Charlie Barnett with a 1962 orchestra, Leapin' at the Lincoln. Uh, shortly after that, uh, Barnett uh, gave up uh, big bands uh, uh, totally. 
he often recalled and loved those days. To quote Charlie and his reminiscing of the old, of the uh, good old days, um, is this is what he said: "The band business was a romping, stomping thing, and everybody was swinging. And I can't help but think back to the groove, to the group of boys in the band. It was a happy band, and even with the one-nighters, it was a ball. And that was the way uh, Charlie Barnett lived. He." Uh, always had a good time, but uh, he always played good music and demanded good music of his musicians. The, uh, by this time, uh, Barnett had settled in Palm Springs, California, and he occasionally uh, uh, played there. The next recording is uh, uh, Barnett with a quartet playing in one of the hotels in Palm Springs, and he's still going back to Duke Ellington. This is in a mellow tone. It's a live recording.
Charlie Barnett with a quartet in uh, Palm Springs in the 1960s in a mellow tone. Uh, you can uh, uh, understand that uh, Charlie had a fine, was a fine saxophonist. He, uh, his early idol was Coleman Hawkins, and he uh, patterned um, some of his style on that, but he was an individualist, and I think uh, in many ways has been overlooked as to how good a saxophonist he really was. He always swung uh, uh, very well. Let's go back as our last number, back to the 1940 band at the heyday of, uh, of uh, the Barnett Orchestra. This is one of the big hits, his big hits, one of the big hits of that time in a fine swing number. Uh, Charlie's playing soprano sax uh, on this. Billy May is on trumpet. There's a call and response between the two of them that is interesting. This is Pompton Turnpike.
Charlie Barnett Orchestra of 1940, Pompton Turnpike. Barnett was a charming man with great vitality. He had sound musical ideas. Uh, in commenting on uh, music, he uh, once said to George Simon in commenting on the uh, present music scene, he says, I still like to hear the beat. I don't like it when it's too abstract. To me, jazz should be exciting. Remember, there is a difference between exciting and startling, which is what some of the younger kids don't realize. As to Charlie Barnett's place in the, the big band era, uh, Leonard Feather wrote an article, and uh, Leonard Feather is the author of the Encyclopedia of Jazz and has uh, written and listened to jazz all his life. But in reflecting on that, uh, Feather came to the, comes to the conclusion that there were four great bands who stand out, as he said, magna cum laude. Two of them I think we would all agree on, Duke Ellington and Count Basie. The third uh, may be some dispute, but I think the majority would put Jimmy Lunsford's orchestra in there. And the fourth one, Feather picks uh, Charlie Barnett over Benny Goodman and goes into a long discussion mainly based upon the fact that Barnett, with his style, had a loose, swinging band that was much like the uh, black bands of the time, uh, rather than the rhythmically taught bands that Goodman, Miller, and the, most of the white bands had. So uh, Barnett had one of the, certainly had one of the great bands of that, uh, of that time, and one that's great to remember. Well, it's been delightful playing for you again the music of the big band era this tonight to Charlie Barnett. Uh, next Sunday, our guest we will, uh, artist will be something different, a vocalist and one of the first jazz vocalists, Lee Wiley. It's been my pleasure. This is Bud Lundberg signing off from Bud's Corner. <laughs>